Welcome back to Between Takes with Opal Entertainment. I'm Aiden Driscoll. And I'm Olivia O'Neill. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about the creative process behind our show, On the Road to Verona. Yes, we are going to tell you the story about how nine high schoolers adapted a half-finished Shakespeare script into an award-winning musical. So sit back, grab a bowl of popcorn, grab a friend, go for a walk, maybe some chocolate. Do whatever you got to do to enjoy this week's episode of Between Takes. Welcome back to the show, folks. Hey, guys. How are you? What's good, homies? <laughs> Should we create a, like a like a nickname for our fan base? Sure. The 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 between takers. Nah. That's super dumb. Um, the between takeettes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we're workshopping it, folks. Let us know what we should call y'all. Call y'all. What if we just called them call y'alls? Welcome back to between takes, call y'alls. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the one that's gonna stick for right now. Um, have you heard the new Kenny G album? No. I don't think there is one. <laughs> How are you doing, Libby? Good. good. How are you? Pretty good. What did you think of Peter Pan Goes Wrong? That was pretty good. Yeah. I was some pleasantly surprised. Did you think it was going to be bad? I wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah. You didn't trust my taste? I guess you didn't like Scott no, Pilgrim, so. I, I just didn't know what to expect as yeah. much. We watched this show called Peter Pan Goes Wrong, where they did a production. It's like, the, it's supposed to be this way, but they, it's a play about this theater troupe who's trying to put on a production of Peter Pan, but then everything goes wrong and all that, and so it falls apart. So, it, like, there's a studio audience there, so it looks like yeah. you're just watching a video of a play, mm-hmm. so it makes it, it's just, but then it, yeah, like, all the things in act, like, when you're acting that could mm-hmm. go wrong, like, props not working, and, like, at time, <laughs> but it's not just, like, once in a while, it's, like, pretty much every like every scene, yeah every minute is just, like... One of my yeah. favorites is right near the beginning where Nana goes through the doggy door and she gets stuck on the way in, mm-hmm. but then on the way out, it's only a one-way doggy door, <laughs> so he's running and he just head goes straight into the door and he just stops. Yeah. That's pretty And funny. then there was a whole thing oh, where <laughs> Peter Pan is flying in through the air and they have those ropes, you know, that make uh-huh. them fly, and it's like putting him every which way. Uh-huh. And then he finally makes it, and then he steps on a table, and it just, like, hits oh, yeah. him in the head, and he just gets knocked out. Oh, yeah, that's the second Peter Pan. That's not even the that's original, right. because he, oh, wait. Because the first yeah. Peter Pan, like, gets so, an injury, yeah. and so then, like, the stage manager steps in for part of one of the scenes, and then he gets knocked out. So yeah. then the guy that plays Michael steps up <laughs> to play Peter Pan for the next scene. It's and, so much. It's yeah. just so chaotic. And a Teletubby ends up on oh, the, yeah. <laughs> at the end in the boat. It's just It's pretty mess. fun. It's a pretty but, fun But, yeah, time. it was... It was pretty funny. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, um, physical comedy, mm-hmm. which is just so fun to watch. You don't see a lot of, like, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think for me, some of the funniest jokes weren't even just the jokes. It was when they were, like, like Dennis's whole character, who plays mm. uh, John and Smee, but he doesn't have any of his lines memorized, so he has a giant headset on. Yeah. And so we just, because you just hear him, like, repeating what's being said through the headset, and this loud monotone voice. And like, that's just funny because. And first you hear a beep. beep. <laughs> yes, mother. <laughs> or one of them was when they start flying, you hear beep, beep, wee. <laughs> Very funny. Um, like that, or like the one, the woman that plays Mrs. Darling and Liza and Tinkerbell, who yeah. like plays all these different parts and stuff. Just like her, like running back and forth between all these costume changes. Yeah. It's so that's funny. so funny. Anyway. As Peter Pan goes wrong. Brief review. Mm-hmm. Well, segue into more plays. That's my little segue theme. Yeah, we're gonna talk about some more things. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> There's a plot twist for you. 
Um, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about the, kind of give you a little bit further. We've, we've mentioned it briefly, I'm sure, in the past. Well, not briefly. I'm sure we've made references to this in the past and um, talked about it in like our very first episode where we kind of gave a brief history of, of who we are and stuff. So we're going to go a bit more in depth into a specific segment of our history um, where we were working with the Minnesota Skyball Theater Company, um, creating and touring original shows. Um, the first show we, so Sky Vault started, um, well into, well, Words Players was going, Words Players was like a larger, like youth community theater part mm-hmm. of it. Um, and then Sky Vault started, I think it officially started around like 2013, 14. Um, and they were the first ones to like go to the Renaissance Festival and all that. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of on the edges of that for a while, but the first one we were, we actually, like took up the helm and were leading cool. a project was on the road to Verona in 2016. Yeah. Where we were part of Sky, like we were initiated right. in. That's kind of our right. first show. Mm-hmm. Where, and yeah, and that was fun. Do you want, should we like introduce everyone? I, like, so there's Lauren, Ashley, um, Louie, Louie, we'll call her Louie. Okay. <laughs> Navi, Rebecca. Navi. <laughs> I don't know. Louie, Navi, and Rebecca are all the same person. <laughs> um, yeah, all these have nicknames. We're just going to end up being like Tevin and Ovna. And yeah. <laughs> Did I say Molly just now or did I say Ovna? You said Molly, I but didn't? I just... Okay. Well, okay. So there was nine of us. The older group that had already kind of been in Sky Vault, or at least mm-hmm. like on the edges of it a little bit closer were Navi, Lauren, Molly. Ashley. And Shley, Ashley. Yeah. And then what? And then you kind of were in the middle there was Aiden. I had kind of gone in and out for a little while, yeah. And then there were the four younger that we had just come out of like the youth show. And mm-hmm. you were too, I guess, but... But bit. that was a huge... And that was me, Josiah, Logan, Margaret. And we were all like in the same, yeah, mm-hmm. age or whatever. So, 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 it, but in, a, in, I guess in the, in the past, I think Skyvault, it kind of gradually, like there were people that had been seasoned, like seasoned Skyvault right. and then like people, this was like a new troop. Pretty much. Yeah. That like we hadn't, none of us had ever headed up like right. a project like this. I guess I just want to make that clear because I think that was like really important of how I we mean, came about. Right, but I do think we can briefly mention on the play that will not be named and Nanny McTwist, <laughs> where those were original, and the the dynamic was different because it was a much larger cast. Super and things. big, yeah. But uh, that start, I mean, Nanny McTwist started the same, where it was a small like core group, right. like brain trust that got together and were like pitching ideas back and forth mm-hmm. and brainstorming plots and stuff, and that was, um. I don't remember who came up with the original pitch, but it was this pitch of like, let's combine all these different like fairy tales. It was kind of like an into the woods type thing of like, let's combine all these different like children's stories and fairy tales and stuff. So it was like, and they'll like intertwine and mix over then there'll right. be a central villain. Right. And, so yeah. it was like, we found like the common themes that we were finding of the stories that we liked were like Mary Poppins, Danny McPhee, the sound of music, a series of unfortunate events. And then it's like, Oh, so Oliver. it's like a story about like nannies and orphans and villains. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like what we were doing with, um, and so, and then you got to be the main villain. I got to be that was so fun. cool. That was a good time. That I will just show. say, I think, like you've had great roles, but that was like probably your shining star moment. You think I better think than so. Mike? No, not necessarily better. Just like I, I feel like you. Um, that was just your time to shine. That was like I did steal the you, stage a lot. It was good though. Yeah. Like you've always played a lot. Of, you're super good at that sidekick character because you never mm-hmm. you fill spaces. You mm-hmm. are funny and kind of. Um, random things, but also can lead, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really good. But this, I feel like was like Aiden 
It's I didn't. The star. Yeah, I wasn't really part of. Awesome. I was kind of part of like all the different groups because I interacted with the villains. I interacted with the nannies. Mm-hmm. I interacted with. the Well, orphans, that's how the character was, was written. Just me. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like everything else, I like belonged to like a group to an ensemble or whatever. I just I I applaud you. That was great. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was I think you're the the beginning of your trend of giving the big emotional monologue <laughs> at the end of the show that pivots the entire plot of the story. Yeah. So it's funny. I can like remember scenes and things but when it comes to like those types of things i just blank out like that hmm. like i don't even remember what i say i don't either or like when we did pullman car or because then yeah well that's the thing so you did nanny mctwist which was like all original and all that and that was i think yeah the first time where we were like creating it as we went and and even in rehearsal i mean they like i wasn't a part of it but it was like margaret and amanda and eman mm-hmm. and justin and jordan i think um we're like in the initial like brain trust pitching ideas and coming up with a plot and stuff like that. So by the time we actually like started production and rehearsals, we had like an outline for the plot and so a bunch of songs were written, but I it mean, wasn't. We, yeah, we didn't have, I feel like it was mostly the plot came through songs. Yes. And most of that then was also still just, Hey, here's the plot. And then it was like, everyone do a thousand flashings all the time. And we kind of extracted all the best parts from all those. And that kind of created the script from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like three days before opening, it's like, also and Liv, you are you going to are, you have a giant monologue <laughs> we're gonna write for you. That was fun because I had the like a monologue right before that that we kind of kept mm. rewriting every night, which was honestly a ton of fun. Because yeah, that was like after each show, me and Dave would on our way home, he'd be like, "What about this?" And I was like, "Okay, so this," and we'd like be re. I don't oh. know if we'd be literally be writing stuff, and then like yeah. the day before, it was a lot of fun. Um, but so that happened, and then the next year we did. Yeah, the Thornton Wilder Festival, and then there were two shows where you gave the big emotional speech. Yeah, but those weren't, like, those were already written. Those were. So, it, on They've a been way, a it was, like, a bit easier in the sense of, like, you just had to memorize But it was just continuing the trend of Liv giving the yeah, emotional yeah. speech at the end of the show. Um, and then, right after that was when we did, we started On the Road to Verona. Yeah, or mm-hmm. Phantom, and then... And then on the road, but yeah. yeah, so I guess it. So our our it wasn't like we we had never created anything original going into Verona because, like you said, mm-hmm. we'd been part of these processes. In a sense, though, this was just solely like in those other processes we had like a music director, right? And like writing most of the music, and there was like a behind the scenes team. Whereas here, yeah, and was, there was like just yeah. a huge more like cast like giving their right. input, and like Dave, I think was a little because there's more people. He was a little bit more like director like right yeah, yeah he yeah. made a lot of final saves without having a lot of like he's not going to talk to each one of us right and talk mm-hmm. about like what do you th- where with nine of us we can kind of do like we had more responsibility because right. it was like and it was much more hey Liv, what do you think yeah. because you're like we need your opinion it wasn't right. like you can just hide in the background for kids or whatever right. not that you would want to but like it's yes. just a different thing because i'm pretty tall and it'd be hard for me to blend in at the back of 40 kids so i i guess like i'm really glad we had that experience but this was like a totally different thing because it was like we're performing this at a French festival at the end of the and like, I think that summer. Was, yes. So what, like, it's up to you to make. I think that show. set a different tone at the beginning too, because everything else was like, this is us, like, kind of in our on our own terms in our own theater performing stuff. Yeah. Whereas Verona was, we are going to a new place specifically for like other theater people and part of a larger yeah. festival where tons of like professional theaters are coming. And to we do had stuff. known of Sky Vault doing such great like shows mm-hmm. too so it was like stepping into the shoes of like right. we are now sky vault this is our group mm-hmm. and i guess it's also cool because i hadn't worked like we had worked obviously with margaret logan and josiah the closest right. i think because it was just in like the similar like age right 
Um, but I had never worked closely with, and you somewhat, I guess. Yeah. But like Lauren, Shlee, Molly. Yeah. And Navi. I hadn't really worked like, like creatively, really. like where you're yeah. making stuff. So it, it was just kind of a cool experience because you're like, all right. right. Like, but we were, I mean, it was fast learning yeah, that. Yeah, it was but. nice. And that I think was like the the biggest first step we took was just all of us. Well, it's interesting kind of the order that it happened. So Louis, Schley, and Lauren, I think were like the original script committee mm-hmm. where because we had been doing, the th- words players had been doing Shakespeare in the park for a while, we were like, that's like a good place to start as like source material and all that to find a Shakespeare script that we want to do and then adapt that into a production. And so they read through a bunch of different plays and the one they landed on was Two Gentlemen of Verona. Um, which Dave didn't really which like. Which Dave didn't really <laughs> like. Yeah. So, and Dave's our director. Um, and my father. My father who art in Minnesota. Hmm. Where was it going with this? They were the first. They sifted through and Yeah, that. so they sifted through those scripts. Um, they found Two Gentlemen of Verona. They liked that. And kind of the initial pitch when we got there, well, not even a pitch, but it was kind of a... Because Dave didn't like the script and was pretty open about that in the early stages. Mm-hmm. Um, he like sat us all down and we're like, hey, here's what we're thinking. We want it to be like a really, really tight ensemble show with like high energy music, interactive with the audience. We want to like blow their minds and all that. And so that was kind of, yeah. <laughs> but and then the thing right after that was like, and I don't like the source material that we're basing this off of. So it's like, cool, Dave, rock on. <laughs> Let's figure out how to do this. And so we kind of started with this question of how do we turn this thing? Cause like, I didn't love it either. I thought it was like, mm-hmm. there were a few fun. Do you want to tell like, it's basically one of Shakespeare's most unfinished. Right. It was works. one. I think it's uh, most people, it's a lot of people script. believe it was like his very first actually published script that he did. Yeah. And I'll, cause a lot of, um, themes come up in other shows that he's written. Yes. Like, it very much feels like draft Girl one, dresses up as a man and... Which, I mean, he kind of... Anyway. That's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Or what's the other one? I mean, it very it uh, feels like draft one of A Midsummer Night's Dream, Much Do About Nothing, As You Like It. He says similar, Romeo like... Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we were kind of like, okay, well, then let's lean into that. Let's say, like, what other shows... I, I don't remember exactly how the process started, but in the final product, it starts with the the main like frame of the story is these this this troop of actors who are on the road with William Shakespeare and the his theater troupe and they're left behind because Will and the and the old actors That's left. That's not written in the script, is it? In of Two Gentlemen Verona? Yeah. No. That oh. was just, that was the framework that we created. Yeah, okay, I just want to make so, that clear. Yeah, okay. So the, the framework we created was then we were left with this the notes of Two Gentlemen of Verona mm-hmm. and we realized, hang on, this is these are random these are basically draft one of all these different shows that we've already found where we're listing all these different plot points. And we're like, Oh yeah, it's much to do about nothing. And we're like, no, that's two gentlemen of Verona. And that's, that's more plot points. And we go, that's Romeo and Juliet. And we say, no, that's two gentlemen of Verona. Right. And so that was fun because it was like, again, kind of an into the woods type thing where early on we were kind of just exploring like, okay, so let's put Proteus from two gentlemen of Verona with Orlando from as you like it yeah. and see like how would they interact and let's put him also with Romeo and let's throw you know it set us up for a great template of like trying a bunch of stuff yeah where we wouldn't have if I really hope you haven't been peeking up to this point Oopsies. hey folks if Liv was peeking up to this point I really apologize I think we're okay though sorry okay um yeah keep going um it was just a yeah. It set us up for a great template to to create 
new yeah. things and ideas. And um, yeah, sorry. it gave us a lot of freedom, like right off the bat. Where we wouldn't have if it was already scripted out. Right. Because that's the thing that we've later found with when we adapted Much Do About Nothing into a play we called Skirmish of Wit. For me, that was harder because I liked the script so much more. Oh, yeah. So when we created this this external framework, it was difficult because I wanted to like figure out a way. Because certain scenes within the script of Much Ado About, much, much Ado About Nothing were so solidified in how I was thinking yeah. of it because I just liked the script so much better. Yeah. I was like, how do those two coexist? How does the framework and the actual substance of the story enhance each other? Yeah. And then we ran into that even more when we started workshopping Hamlet and stopped that because we were like, this is like one of the most definitive just scripts of all time yeah. like how do we so many which was so kind much. of i didn't like that idea at first i'm like well let's just like we don't need to have this extreme reverence for this we can just like let's have the same freedom we had with two gentlemen of verona right anyway that's a longer story we can let's go back to too. the verona process yeah. so the beginning we had the script mm-hmm. we did a lot of improv and a lot of um we kind of and, figured sorry, out go ahead just when 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 you say improv what a lot of people i think typically think is like give us a location you know, those random games oh, no. that we would do, like improv That's not what I like that. I just mean, like, we took, like, oh, this character is, um, whatever his name was, and he was the mail, like, delivery guy, or whatever. Lance, Speed? Speed, whatever. Yeah. His name wasn't Speed in the thing, but. It was. It was? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And, I don't know, so it's like, take that character, and what does he do in a. Right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, or we did, like underwater like verona underwater or something yeah like just random like really or, weird stuff or we do like okay let's do this here's this scene where um proteus and julia are sending letters to each other and it was like okay Schley be julia and logan be proteus all right let's do that again aiden be julia and louis be proteus <laughs> yeah. and now let's do it again and ovna be julia you know those so we of just things. gave ourselves like a lot of like we had the freedom to um I think it was a, a lot of trust because it was like we told each other what to do mm-hmm. and then accepted the like yeah that from and and would do it back to each other. I think that's really cool. I don't think a lot of people do that. Where I could right. I don't know if I did it as much then cuz I think I was still like getting used to everyone but Yeah. You're pretty quiet. Yeah. Um we also went on a lot of walks in character of sorts. Like mm-hmm. where it was just like um because I think we knew pretty early on that we wanted that outside framework of the Minstrel. Not not in Verona character, but in, in Mike like, and Antoine. Yeah, and which are character. the like Aiden kind of specified before was there's the cast of On the Road to Verona, which is Julia Proteus. You no, know those of people. Two gentlemen of Verona. Two gentlemen of Verona. Sorry. Right. And then the the, the framework cast that's putting on the show are Antoine and Mike yeah. and Matilda. So you're and, seeing a yeah. play put on a play kind of yeah. thing. in a way. But you but we're not like. It's hard to explain because it wasn't like, I'm doing a play. Like, we weren't acting. Like, no, Proteus I mean, and Julia seemed like real people. Right. It so, wasn't like a goofy, like, thing. I mean, it was at points, but yeah. But it wasn't it, like we were calling out to the audience, we were putting on a play. We're, we're, we're people putting on a play, yes. putting on a play. Like, and I think that was a fun part that we were kind of exploring was like, because there were parts where Antoine and Clotilde are having conversations like the audience isn't there, mm. but the audience is there. And then a minute later, they know that the audience is there and they're talking yeah. directly to so the audience. So how do you think we got that, even though it was like, quote unquote, inconsistent with, how do we keep that? It, it still felt consistent with the rules we were setting up. How do you think we did that? Um... Well, I think we followed very theatery rules. Mm. When when it is 
hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking directly to you. We were there facing the audience directly. Yeah. And then it was Ren said, hey, Antoine, come here. And they went off to this little corner of the stage where they're still with an earshot of everyone, but now they're huddled together a little bit more mm. and they're talking in this tone, which yeah. makes everyone think, oh, they must be whispering. And so it was like as if they were stepping off stage to talk about this. So we were like in, we were playing with so many different dimensions in we a were. way. It was kind we of were. insane. There was like, yeah, the the relationship between the cast's of On the Road of Rona, Mike, mm-hmm. Clotilde, all those guys, and the audience, and then their relationship with each other offstage, which the audience also got to see glimpses yeah. of, and then them putting on the show and the characters within that story. Yeah, and it was also really cool because I think, especially towards the end, like, as we were getting, figured out what exactly precise, like, things were, mm-hmm. people like Josiah would find scenes that he did something different every time. Yeah. But then some scenes he did to the letter yeah. exactly the same. Or, like, you... Yeah. And I, mean, I think Lauren that's really cool. That at She's being, really I mean, good at she that. She was so consistent uh, with, with parts of her. Because she was one too where it was like she would play off of you really, really well yeah. and go with if you. Because yeah, there were sections where like. Because her character was one that was like, I'm not going to like let you flounder. Right. She's like. She's the gonna, one who like she had her, her three ring binder and was like yeah. had the notes for everything. Whereas like Margaret's character was very, I'm going to, her, I mean, that was kind of, they were kind of the yin and yang of the yeah, show. That's of what's the point. Antoine, yeah. Lauren's character wanted everything to be orderly and wrap up the story as quick and neatly as possible. And Margaret or Ren, mm-hmm. Margaret's character, was like, let's try this, let's try that, and throwing random cogs into yeah. her wrenches into the wheels all the time. Yeah. And, um, where's it going with this? Um, shoot, I had a kind of a Just cool point. Just that Lauren could do both of, like... Yeah, that yeah, wasn't it. Oh, okay. But, yeah, it was something where it's, like, there were these specific windows of the show where it was like, okay, this is the time where Nigel might do whatever he wants. This is the part where Logan is going to lead us down this random rabbit hole. This is the part where I'm going to go in this direction. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, yeah, (laughs) Logan's character was like, he was purposefully, well, purposefully, but that's just how Logan worked is like, I'm bored with that after doing it twice. So (laughs) there were certain lines where it was like, Logan will say it different every night. He'll find a new joke for this place or for this at this point. And then there was this part where it was like, Lauren had that exact same cadence so that it would line up perfectly with as soon as she's done speaking, the song starts. Yeah. Those kinds of things. In some way, like I'm trying to remember back because I think there was a process, but it was so um, unclear, like unintentional in my head anyway, Mm -hmm. of like how we could be so, um, how the show can look so fresh every night. Yeah. But yet we were like, we worked on time. Maybe it's just, I mean, we worked on a scene after like one scene, like 20 second scene for like two hours. Yeah. But the other thing about that is we didn't have the cast until like a week and a half before we opened. Oh, that's like true. we were so still playing around with that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think back of that and I'm, I, I too have like that. I can remember the two weeks before once we actually solidified kind of what the structure <laughs> of the story was and who the cast was. I can remember what that was. And I can remember like the first couple weeks where we were just playing around with stuff but there's a whole like two months in the middle where we were working on it and i'm like i don't remember how we came up with that because by the time we were at like production week we already had like the music pretty much down yeah we had a lot of the specific bits worked out i remember like how we worked on the opening scene i remember how that came about because you guys had like a song or something and then we were told to like everyone go off and create a scene and remember how we had the three groups oh yeah and the point was like I don't create know. a conversation where you're talking about the fact that you're left with all these notes. Yeah. I do remember that. And then I think your guys is like, got the bait, the middle, like, Oh, that was a really, you Navi and Lauren or something. Yeah. And it was like, let's make that the center. And then, and then we stole a bunch of your guys' bits and then you guys came back in and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had on the road to Rona start. And then we had like that our little before. bit. Oh, right before yeah. it then. Anyway. 
Yeah. I remember that day pretty clearly. I do remember that because we were out in front of the warehouse. We were rehearsing all this in like a, a weird warehouse in <laughs> Rochester too. I mean, when you think of it was like, yeah. It's it kind of weird. A, it was weird. Yeah, I forgot about that day. <laughs> so I remember that day. But yeah, a lot of the small, like I remember, yeah, um, working on it, Verona, back when we were in Crossroads, like up in that room. You didn't work on that we re- rehearsed it later on, but we weren't That's there when we were. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember rehearsing it, but I don't. Yeah, those like. But the actual like initial coming up with things. Well, because that's the okay. Sorry, let's go back. Let's back up a little bit more. Um. We. I think what we're saying right now is the fact that we can't remember exactly, you know, who came up with this idea and how did we get from here to there is a testament to what a tight ensemble we had so Mm -hmm. early on. Because I can remember, like, I remember Logan was kind of the default Thurio for a little while. Mm -hmm. And I was the one who ended up playing Thurio. And I remember stealing a bunch of bits from him because I thought they were really, really funny. Yeah. Well, I don't know about stealing, just... Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was the one who, like, I do remember a few. I don't remember what the specifics were, but I remember that Logan played yeah. Thurio, and I was like, that's hilarious. And then, like, hey, and you play Thurio, and I was so like, I'm going to steal that from him. So we went deep, deeper than just, like, okay, it's an original ensemble created this, but it's, like, you created your character, you created. Right. It was, like, deeper than that because we, everyone created Julia. Everyone right. created Proteus. Yes, exactly. Just so awesome. It was a lot of fun. And then, because that's the thing, too, is, but, like, only Louis was the one who created Clotilda. That's true. Because that was like an external character that was written, that, that was a caricature of who Louis is. Same with Ren, same with Antoine. Yeah, I mean, where, that's what Dave wanted. Also, he's like, when we're trying to talk about costumes, he's like, what would you, like, just wear what you wear. Right. Because you want, he wanted pieces of like, right. Josiah to be, like, he, that was yeah. like part of it. So it was, in a way, there's like um, three characters on stage. Josiah playing Nigel, playing Proteus. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I remember him talking about that yeah. all the time. Yeah. And then it's like Josiah was the one who created Nigel because that's mm-hmm. who he is. But part of Nigel is, isn't, it's not like we helped create Nigel and like we, we, we played Nigel. It's that part of who Nigel was is how he interacts with all the different characters. Yeah. But then yes, we all created Proteus because I played Proteus at one point. You played Proteus at one mm-hmm. point. Ovna played Proteus at one point. And he was pulling from all those different things and we were all giving him ideas and things like that. It was kind of a wild thing looking back when, like, at being like 14, yeah. 15. Doing all this, I like know. that's it's kind of insane. That is wild. I did not think of us as I did not think of us as being that young at that point. I remember people saying like, "You're so young," and I was like, "We're not so well, young." I, I mean, because like, like yeah. I was used to like six, eight year olds are creating their own shows <laughs> yeah. at this point in our theater. Like, we're group. getting up there, right? We're... I was like, "We're in high school already." What are you talking about? <laughs> we gotta get on this. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of um, it was cool too because it was like initially it was Aiden and Louis are gonna me and Louis were gonna head up writing the music, yeah. and we did write a lot of it. But it was also then Molly would say, hey, I wrote a bunch of extra verses for this song. Or Lauren would say, hey, here's an idea for this. And then Logan yeah. would go, hey, here's an idea for where this is going to go or whatever. And You guys wrote the majority. But... Yeah, but it was also like there's a pretty significant portion. Like Outlaw Song was basically, I don't remember who wrote the main intro, but like Ovna wrote all the verses. Mm-hmm. And then Lauren wrote pretty much all the lyrics. I think it was like me, Louie, and Lauren writing On the Road to Verona. Mm-hmm. And then Lauren wrote. Grace by Folly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I think, like, Nigel, Nigel, like, wrote a lot of, like, chord progressions that we ended up using. Really? Yeah, he wrote On the Road to Rona, the main chord progression. I didn't know that. Which, I mean, it's like a one, six, two, five. It's not crazy, crazy. But, I mean, like, he was the one who had the idea that that then Lauren got sparked and came up with lyric ideas and stuff. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. 
that's really, really cool. And it was cool too. Cause we would also then throw like, Hey, Shlee, here's a cajon. <laughs> and she learned cajon for a bunch of songs and things like that. It's pretty good. That were it. fun. Um, or live, I guess you weren't, that wasn't a clarinet for the next one. No, I didn't help at all. No. <laughs> um, but that was fun. It was a good time. It was, it was a good show. Um, we also like another part of it was going through the script and deciding what lines we thought, like, it's kind of a cool puzzle because we didn't want to go word for word through the whole script, but it was like, what lines do we want to include and how do you include Shakespeare lines with like normal speech without well, it yeah. being like really inconsistent? And I think our out for a lot of that was write the Shakespearean stuff into songs. Yeah. So most of the Shakespeare stuff is in the is sung. Yeah. And, and almost all the dialogue that is taken from Shakespeare is not taken from Two Gentlemen of Verona. It's taken from A Midsummer Night's Dream and mm. Hamlet and... So, like, going through that that. was kind of interesting, too. It was, like... See, I barely remember that. I remember, like... I feel like I remember going with scripts. I remember having scripts and, like, highlighting... Or, like... I remember that, like, early, early on, but I don't remember really doing a whole lot with it. I remember saying, like, oh, this is a good scene where this is a... Yeah. Maybe that's just because, like, that's how I was thinking of it. It was just, like, outlining the story. I think did some of that stuff, though. Because I remember him, like, giving me my Julia, like, behold her. Like, I didn't... Right. So, like, I remember... Dave said, hey, here's a line I really, you know, I yeah. now I can break my fast and dine and sup and sleep upon mm-hmm. the very naked name of love. And he was like, I really like that line. And me and Louis were like, awesome, let's turn that into a song. And yeah. he said, hey, here's the part where Proteus sings, or uh, Sebastian sings to Sylvia. And we yeah. wrote that into a song. Hey, one heat expels another. So he gave us some of that we, material. Then. A lot of that was just like sparks of, hey, yeah. I really like this line, do something with it. And then we turned most of that into songs. And then like, as we were finishing writing, we're like, okay, this needs to be accomplished. Say something like this. And then he like flipped through the, the script randomly and was like, here, say these few lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Josiah and Logan had the most, I feel like, um, Shakespearean like language, even they did it in a really goofy and like perfect way, especially at the beginning when they're like talking to each other. But like Logan said, like most of his lines were from the script or from a script. Remember? Or from a script. The first scene was pretty much the, it was basically a very, very abridged version of the actual Shakespeare yeah. scene that happens in the script with Proteus and Valentine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean and like... And then the end is what yeah has like the most... Which lines. I mean, even there, like I looked at, I mean, the finale, which takes place over the course of the last like 12 minutes or something yeah. of the show or something, like it's a, it's a decent amount of time. When you actually boil down the dialogue onto a piece of paper, it's like two pages. <laughs> so it's not that much, but it's just like... With how it actually ended up pacing out, it like elongated it, which yeah. is weird. it doesn't feel like it's dragging. It feels no. like it's going at the right pace, but when you actually write it down, it <laughs> looks like there's very little happening. It's just this Valentine gives this speech about this, yeah. Sylvia gives this speech about this, Proteus gives this speech about this. I wonder how we would like, yeah, have we, we've never tried like note, like in a sense, notating, not notating, but like the script where if someone else were to Right. Try I to, mean, we have it like written down as a, when we go back and do it here is the reference lines and stuff like that, because we can remember all the like transitions that happen or whatever. Yeah. But I'm just but, saying like, if someone, if we were like another troop was like, Hey, I want to play the, like, how would we explain right. 12 minutes of our finale? Like it just, be well, and so I think that's the thing. I've wondered about that a lot. Cause I would love to see it done. I would love to be in the audience and see the show done. Yeah. Um, I think it's in a very similar way. I'm sure I would, wouldn't be surprised if the original cast of Godspell thought of that because that was a show that was very similar, like very collaboratively created with the Gospel of Matthew as a source material yeah. where, hey, here's a song, let's try that and let's try this bit and now here the, here's the plot that needs to be communicated. Yeah. Let's try a bunch of different things I there. mean, in a sense, you like the songs are great, but it's the transitions that you really get to know the heart of what the story is about. And those about. are the hardest parts and of the story. And that's the hardest part to write out too yeah. and like 
Unless, unless you've seen it. Well, I remember when we were at an act fest and we were at the regional level. We were mm-hmm. part of like a community theater competition thing. And that sounds really good. Sounds really highfalutin, don't it? <laughs> no, it sounds just sad. Oh. Community theater. Weird. Community theater. No, uh, never mind. Pretty, it was wild stuff. We were <laughs> yeah. playing with the big dogs. Um, <laughs> but we were at the regional level and we had to like submit the script because we were like judged and all that. And they were the ones who decided who would go on to the next level and all that. And so we had to like submit our script beforehand so all the judges could read through it. And I remember after we performed and they were like talking to us, the judges, one of them said something about how, I remember I read your script yesterday and I was like, how the heck are they going to do this? Like, how is this going to make sense? (laughs) Yeah. And then he watched it and was like, oh, that makes sense. And I think at that point he'd figured out like, oh, this is very improvised. This is very collaboratively created on the spot type thing. We're not going to write down every little side. But at the the same time, each... Sorry, I just remember going through, like, watching through, like, videos that we had recorded and actually trying to, like, type out a script and remember, and, like, going from, and there were different jokes at different times, so I have, like, oh, here's this one line of Mike where I don't remember what it was. It was, like, what should we do now? And everyone gave all these different ideas, and she goes, everyone be quiet, and Mike keeps rambling about, Mm -hmm. and when we originally did it, I was, like, we should go to the the Jimmy John's just down the street, because there was a Jimmy John's just down the street, and I was making a bunch of references to things that were immediately around us, and so every time we'd go to a different place, I'd find a new place (laughs) to make a joke about, and so it was one of those, like, do I write down the Jimmy John's line, or do I just put insert local (laughs) joke here, or do I write down all of them, and there were a few where it's, like, let's write down all the different options, and Mm -hmm. uh, just so I can remember all the different jokes that I have used in the past that have worked, or whatever. And I do want to point out, also, like, I think as you got better and better, um, Shucks. every side, like a little throwaway in a sense, so you call it, mm-hmm. um, wasn't in, wasn't just, uh, I don't know how to explain. It wasn't like you just said anything. Right. It was purposeful. So I guess I, it's not like you think of improv and you think of like just lots of things being thrown about. It doesn't really make sense. Like it was like the next level where it was, it was, um, even a throwaway could have a major plot point in it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Or not major, but at least like something to like. Do you kind of know what I mean? I kind of know what you mean. Yeah, and it, we got to a point How do where you articulate that better. Um, <laughs> if I'm kind of thinking, picking up what you're putting down, we got to a point where we all knew the the, the like the story of Two Gentlemen of Verona and all these different Shakespeare plays so well that we were able to just do a quick little aside where we understood the full context of what we were talking about yeah. and that the full context was then implied, which would then continue, would bring the plot to the next point. I mean, there were a lot of those initially throw, like the whole, um, we wanted to figure out a way, like how can we be super interactive with the audience and all that? And one of the ways that we found was like, well, let's like have the characters have Facebook pages. Cause one of the things we oh, say yeah. is that we in, in the original, <laughs> in the original script, I feel like even more than like Hamlet or Othello, there are these just giant soliloquies of like paragraphs and paragraphs of these characters talking and we're like, okay, well, we know that that's what people are expecting from Shakespeare mm. and like that happens all the time and it's going to take up so much of our time. How do we eliminate that but still communicate the ideas? And one of the jokes that we said was like, no one no one gives soliloquies anymore. They just post it on Facebook or something <laughs> like that. And So we yeah, part of the show was like everyone log on to Facebook at the beginning of the show yeah. and we're going to be posting... You know, and so all, there are all these characters, like Sylvia just say, you know, I'm so in love with Proteus, whatnot, and like quoting, shake the, take paraphrasing the soliloquy in the script, but putting it on Facebook that the audience was interacting with as well, which was fun. Not Proteus. What? What did, I, what did I say? You said Sylvia was in love with Proteus. She's not in love with Proteus, Liv. She's in love with Valentine. Yeah. You should try and keep this straight. <laughs> um, 
but that was the thing where it's like initially it was just a random thing we could do to also get the audience involved and do that. But then it became a plot point where Will was posting notes and ideas that Ren was finding and sharing with us. And then she was telling Thurio, hey, look what Proteus just posted on his Facebook page, which got us the next plot point. And so there were a lot of things that were initially jokes that ended up being. And yeah. I mean, we were also playing and kind of like poking fun at a lot of times before shows, especially at these like festivals, it was like, put your phone on silent. And yeah. Like all, like there was like literally yeah. an overhead speaker that would yeah. say that before the show yeah. at fringe festivals and like stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we'd be like, ignore that it's yeah. funny man. That's yeah. talking. <laughs> Cause, and people would be like, I remember just like, you'll be confused. What? And they'd be like, it can be confused. Should I turn my brightness down? Is yeah. <laughs> we kept the house lights up the whole time. We didn't really, we went out in the audience like once and then Ren would go, we went out in the Outlaw song. Yeah. And then Ren would be, but like, I'm just, we found ways to interact with the audience without actually going right. into which right, that right, was kind right, of right. fun. Or like, or like, we led the song. Right. Like they sang along to the song or Logan in the middle or uh, when she comes, to, when Valentine comes to Milan and the Duke's introducing, initially he's just introducing everyone to, um, everyone on stage. This is my, you know, my future son-in-law, Thurio. This is my daughter, Sylvia. This is so-and-so. And then it got to a point where I was like, and that's Claire in the third row. That's Hector back there. He's from North Dakota. <laughs> Just like that, North Dakota. <laughs> and then someone would sometimes be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, even and then Logan would go out along. later on. There's this break and Logan would come up. Like, so, Hector, you're from North Dakota. You spell Hector with a C or a K. Oh, both. Like Bismarck. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Logan. He came up. He's like, he was the funny stuff. Yeah. He was really good at just the like. I think so because his yeah his sense of humor was such a good break from the rest of the humor where it was so breakneck speed with like Logan and or um, Nigel and Lauren and Marge and me are so yeah. like we're just gonna go 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 and then it was like break and Logan just goes out and rambles about something for thirty <laughs> seconds and that would just give everyone a break to breathe for a minute and then give us enough time to build up momentum again. I think great. that was actually that's Strategy. a good good formula that we followed. That was fun. We had a pretty solid like three act structure. I remember too that I really liked. Hmm. It was like act one was all in Verona. Yeah. Act two was all in Milan. Act three was all in the woods. Yeah. And I'm, it was a like 55 minute show or something. Mm-hmm. It was pretty also. short. So we fit. Fit a lot. Chunk in there. Until less than an hour. Noise. Smart. Noise. Smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not out, not out. <laughs> what do you think? What? Hmm. What would you do differently? Hmm. Whether we picked up the production again and like got the cast or whether it's the same cast or a different cast, but like we were doing the same show. Where, are there specific moments that you would try differently? So or, like the creative process differently or the show itself? The show itself and oh. then the creative process. If we were given the script that none of us really likes now today, what would you do? I or think at this same? point I'm a bit more, I'm just, I've like I was 14 then. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's like, oh my gosh. Six years. Like six years. <laughs> and we're not even that old. I think that's the thing. Looking back again, I'm like, we were like 14 know, and 15. But I'm like, what are we doing? Get You're, it only 20, I know, You're only 20, I know. You're only 20, Just because you had this giant thing that... Opportunity, though. Yeah. Because when, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think just how I approach things, I just think I would approach it so much differently that I think it would be a different process. I think I'd be a bit more like... Um, at at that point in my life, I look back and I think I just soaked up a lot of things. Yeah. So I just stood around and I like obviously seemed a little bit quiet, but I think it was just like intake of information. Right. Like, how does not like, wow, they're going and doing like I almost didn't 
I feel like I have a better sense of I would be a little bit more central in yeah the create like creating even though I I was I think it just it was a lot of learning to trust my ensemble yeah and I feel like we all like learn different things from the experience um I think a big thing I mean like a solid ensemble is exactly what a lot of people talk about like a solid marriage is which is kind of weird to say but like that's the solid reality. marriage noise smart yeah <laughs> um where it's like if you put yourself after the needs of others and are focusing 100 percent on what they need and it breaks down at a point <laughs> but i think that's what it was is like i didn't have to worry about myself because i knew that Shalee had my back i knew that logan had my back i knew that marge yeah. had my back and marge didn't have to worry about herself because we knew we were all you know and it was a thing where like but we also were still able to know these are all, these are my strengths. These are, mm-hmm. these are, this is the things that I know I'm good at, but it was also like one of my strengths was being able to ramble on forever, but it was also one of my weaknesses. Cause I wouldn't naturally find a way to wrap up my rambling. Right. So it had to be everyone else's responsibility to, to trust. Okay. He's run out of good things yeah. to say, let's cut him off and figure out how to get us back on track. Yeah. I think it just took me a, a little bit longer to like understand the flow of what an ensemble like because i hadn't yeah. been part of a tight-knit like group like that yet which is weird because we've just kind of now fairly recently figured out a more steady dynamic with just the two of us in right. an ensemble i think because we we were so used to a larger group for a while that for a while when it was just the two of us over the past couple of years has been kind of this ever like evolving how do we do that and how do we do that and a lot of it hasn't been as naturally it hasn't come as naturally as it did with verona because the two of us are are, because we we grew so aware of the ensemble we were part of that now all of a sudden we're analyzing everything we're doing now even though we're like opposite in the sense of like in in some things i think we serve similar functions in an ensemble what do you mean by that like even though you were like louder and maybe more opinion like outwardly like opinion or whatever you still your goal was to, okay, how are we going to get this person to open? Or how are we, right. how am I going to help? Whatever. Yeah. When I think I approached it, even though I was on the quieter side, right. I, that's a similar way of I approached it is like, and I think, I mean, hopefully everyone was, but that I feel like we approached it similarly on different sides. So when it's us two and we're like, what does Aiden need? But Aiden's saying, what does Liv need? That's good. Right. But it's also like, at some point you have to take like a certain amount of charge right. and like response it's just right. a tricky, tricky which again is a lot easier when there's seven of you in a group yeah. doing things like that where if one of you says hey today i'm gonna take charge on this one moment it's easy for six people to go sure well let's do that and then another one to jump in whereas when it's just two of us and i think it, we're also both good at like someone gives an idea and we're like yes okay how yeah. do we do that but when yeah one of us has to give the idea for the other one to piggyback on and like right and that's why you're thing. a really great sidekick character i think because like right. someone navi starts something and then you just like right do all the yeah. right and i think that's kind of i remember describing myself um as mike as my character is like he's kind of just like everyone's sidekick and i told mm-hmm. it to someone and they were like lovable doofus <laughs> i was like <laughs> <"Hush."> <laughs> you should have a t-shirt what you should have a t-shirt it says that lovable doofus Maybe yeah. okay. Well, it was funny because then we went for the, my costume shirt was a was Tigger, <laughs> it was a t shirt with Tigger on it, <laughs> which I think fit pretty well. Also because Thurio had this like really exaggerated like Daffy Duck lisp mm-hmm. or like Tigger lisp type thing, mm-hmm. so really funny. it actually fit pretty well. But uh, where's it going with this? But yeah, I think that's right, and I think it's just like how I naturally am in larger groups is kind of 
I'm going to throw out an idea. If no one jumps on it, I'm going to kill it and we're going to move on to something else. Yeah. But like if someone else throws out an idea and I have ideas for it to add, let's, yeah. I'm going to jump on that and keep going. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's interesting. But yeah, so as far as the creative process goes, I think it would, I would approach that type of show differently in that I think uh, hopefully would, I just know how I work and I know I've, I feel like I would pick up on jumping right in mm -hmm. a bit faster than I did. Right. And that sounds really exciting to me. Mm -hmm. As far as the show, I haven't thought like, I can't think of anything specifically where I would like that would be different. Um, I think, I don't know if the audience ever felt like the best that they could be for the outlaw song or for the Into oh, the Woods. Don't. Are you talking when they're singing along? Maybe, or just like in when we're in the woods and we're like, During I don't like, think don't I ever around. had like really good bit. Like, I think I kind of walked around. You're talking about while before don't turn around when everyone's Sorry. just kind of wandering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if that could be like, I feel like that was the most um, traditional, like boring song. Not boring, but like, not, not boring. Okay. Maybe it was a good because we had a break. I don't know how to explain it. It was you and Navi up on stage and then the rest of us like out and about. You're but saying you guys the, had good jokes. In you're there. saying like the bits themselves that you guys had with the could audience be members. Like, could I be like, I feel like it was involved. the least flushed out. Like sure. it was just kind of like, obviously yeah. it was meant to be like different every time because they're different right. audience people. But I feel like I didn't always, I didn't quite know what I, I don't. I never settled into it, and that would be something I'd want to explore a little yeah, bit more sure. and like grow in. Sure. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. But I do think it's good to have like a break before the finale. Mm -hmm. Also, to have just like a song. Right mm -hmm. But you guys had a lot of jokes up there, too. It's pretty we fun. did. We were pretty funny. Pretty funny. It was always a good thing when I got Louie to break character. Yeah. And I was like, that was good. <laughs> that was really, really good. I don't remember what one of... It was winter performance because we made it all the way. We made it all the way to the national level. Oh um, if there's something I said, some joke I made during that sequence that the audience just found really funny and Louie found hilarious. And she, because we did two shows that day, we performed it twice. Oh, yeah. And the first time, and after that one, she was like, I do not think you can top that. I do not think you can top that joke. <laughs> and I don't remember if I tried it again or if I did something different. But yeah, she said that was like the funniest joke really? I ever said at that sequence, which made me so happy. When you, can you think of um, your favorite performance and why? Um... Brainerd, I remember Brainerd being really good. I think it was mainly just afterwards. Like, conversation yeah. with everyone else afterward was really awesome. Because the ju there's judges or whatever, yeah. and you don't know who they are, really. No. They're sitting in the audience like normal people. I mean, they have a clipboard, so right. you can kind of pick them out. But And then they talk about your show afterwards. Right. Like, in front of the whole of audience. Yeah. So, it's like a... It's like a whole judge thing. But, like, they, like, they loved it. I remember they went on... Mike, we made Mike Ricci cry. I think John Byers cried a little bit too, but he said it was like one of those like transformative, life-changing ex experiences that he's only had a few of in his life. Yeah, like he that. said so that, that his like, buddies and him have like a list and they only come every like seven years or yeah. something. And he's like, I just added one. So he's due for one in the next little bit. <laughs> yeah. I hope he gets it. That I just remember that reception being super cool, but also Marshall, the state level, because that was when he met Fungus Among Us. Oh, yeah. And I remember during Outlaw Song, just looking at, I mean, it was like a bunch of them all sitting together yeah. and they were just like almost standing up in their chairs cheering. Yeah. They were just having such a good time. And then once we had to grace by folly, 
I remember looking at Peter's face. He just had the yeah. biggest grin. Had we face. seen their show yet or not? We had. Okay. Yes. I remember. I remember. I remember as we because we like come out and we set up the stage for the for this like the like competition thing we set up the stage and then we like walk off for a second and then we come on and we get started or whatever oh, yeah. which we kind of cheated because part of the thing was that we kind of you don't know when the show exactly starts because we're like out there setting up and like tuning our instruments yeah. and all that and doing random things but uh i remember like molly being like they're out there because we saw their show the night before and, and it was we amazing loved it did we talk we talked to them I think afterwards we, a little bit didn't we, we did yes yes that was a lot of fun but yeah that was i just there were just certain moments um I know there are a couple others. Most of them were like this specific moment in this performance where I looked out and I saw that audience member. Like, I, mean, I think one of the times when the original run at Fringe Fest, I don't remember where it was in the show, but I looked out and there's just one woman who just like had her hands over her mouth the entire time, just like laughing or crying or like, oh no, and all that. Just the entire show, she was on the edge of her seat leaning forward and I just thought that was so cool. I think it was after our first show. But remember Johnny coming up? I do up? remember that. And he was, he was crying. I he was like, bawling. I didn't know. I was like, I don't know what to react. I know. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know it was that good. I don't want to sound like braggy or whatever. But I like people came up to us after that show and like have said, and I just did not get I think it for we're able to talk about it because it, it genuinely doesn't feel like something that. It just didn't feel like a big did. deal for so long. And we didn't, we worked really, really hard, but it yeah. wasn't like, um. It wasn't like we weren't thinking of it as being this giant groundbreaking thing. And I don't know if it necessarily is, but we weren't thinking of it as... I think... I wasn't. I was thinking of it as the fun, high-energy yeah. Shakespeare show that we do. I guess, yeah. I I think when we had the finale put together and like Grace by Folly at the end, I, I knew something hmm. was important here. I knew that the show was important and needed to be shared. Hmm. Like in the initial production? When like we were making it. After, as really? we were going along and like we had the mm. finale come together and I was like this, like I cannot wait to perform this and like, wow. but I think we're able to say these things because it doesn't feel like solely us. Like we all, like you kind of said, like, right. I don't know. I do not remember that that well. That's interesting. What? I don't remember being like profoundly impacted by it until much, much, much later. So that's all. Yeah, I don't think I thought, wow. Like, I don't think I was consciously, like. Because I remember, like, Johnny coming up and bawling and me I being like, what about this was so <laughs> impactful to you? And, I like, I, I remember that he described bit. it anyway. But uh, that was so nice. He was so. I remember when you got to, uh, in, when you were seeing Sylvia, too. Help him up. I remember the exact moment where you went up there and he was looking down on his phone on Facebook at that point and you saying that and he, like, looks up and just nods. Just like, yeah, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> thought that was so uh, cool that was the scariest moment of my life no it wasn't <laughs> i think you've had scary moments since yeah. then. and i do think um with the show we were all pushed what made it also really great and made it um mm -hmm. so that we had those ner like we were all pushed in different areas that mm -hmm. were a little bit uncomfortable like uncomfortable in the sense of like out of our comfort zone yeah for me it was like right under, right under my kidney <laughs> no for you yeah, it was sorry. like don't talk the entire time. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think. <laughs> but I think it was. Greatest. I think for me, it was like you're not allowed to jump in and and try and figure out. And stuff. how do you pay? You like to. you have to learn. You're a sole key person to the pacing of the show. Right. You would not be with your music. And so it was like, like I had to be because like Thuria was such like an overwhelming character. Yeah. I had to be regulated so tightly. <laughs> yeah. So I think you had a lot of was, different. Mm -hmm, that was streams. really cool because <laughs> it was that Thuria really isn't in the show all that much. 
but it is like every time he's there, it's this is like, okay, I guess Thurio is all we're paying attention to right now, just yeah. about. You had some of the most extreme characters. Like Mike was similar to you, but you still played. Like I feel Julia and Stuart and me are all like we're played at a similar. <laughs> So well, I don't know if I would do that differently. Stuart too. wears slightly different clothes, and Julia has a name tag on. Yeah. So. Whereas Mike, like. And Olivia is. Yeah. Mike is in love with Antoine and Thurio. And kind of a dummy, yeah. like, so. You think I'm smart? Are you implying that what? I'm smart? That Oh, that you, Aiden, are smart. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. shucks. Thanks, Liv. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I hope we should this wrap kind of talks about things. I mean, we find it really interesting to talk yeah. about. Um, I don't know, processes. And, like, I think, like, most people don't play perform plays, but right. I think you can still, re- like, one can relate to And I think it also... A project. Right, and we've talked in the past about, like, how the two of us value collaboration so highly. And I think this is just, to me, a very strong example of why I value it so strongly, because... And, like, one of our biggest, first and biggest experiences of right. it. Right, and the fact that it was, like, such a success, I mm-hmm. think, to me, was such an encouragement, which made me realize since then with everything I've done collaboratively, I've at the very least learned something really important that I have had with me since. And the ones I've done not as collaboratively, one, haven't been as successful, and also I feel like are a bit more of a waste of time. So this is us saying... Go find a group and do something together. Go find a bunch of random nerds. Even if it's just like... um, like anything, learn a magic show. Start a, a neighborhood newspaper. Yeah. With like fun stories. Mm-hmm. Someone at the door. Yeah. Someone's knocking at our door. All right, we're going to I go, we, we can't really look out the window, so it's like, do we wait we for the doorbell? Do we, yeah. Maybe it's just mail or something. Did you order something? No. Uh-oh. All right, folks. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think, jeez, it's <laughs> like, like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, I don't know. Find a group, and I think there are so many opportunities in our lives of even, like, if you're a parent or, mm-hmm. like, whatever. Just, I mean, most people know this, but just talk to each other about real stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, and try new things and start cool projects. Reach out to us if you have any ideas, because we are always looking for new projects. Yes, and, like, if you want to come down to Nashville or you want us to come back up to where... I mean, most of our people are in Minnesota. But, like, if you're like, hey, I have this definite idea for a project and this is where I'm thinking it's going, like, we, let's, we let's figure so out how to make that happen. We love, love, love. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week for a brand new episode of Between Takes. Between Takes.